Welcome. My name is Annie Fonte. I'm the host of the Badass Soul Seeking Warrior podcast. For the next several sessions, Katie Mallison, who is a functional nutrition expert, is going to be joining me to talk with you about topics such as keeping a food diary, what eating plan is appropriate for you, supplements, and a lot more. I know you're going to enjoy this, so find a nice spot where you can sit and listen to this expert who is so smart talk to you about your health and wellness. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Evolve TV and the Badass Soul Seeking Warrior podcast. Today, I'm fortunate to have Katie Mallison as my guest. She is the founder of Thrive Wellness 365. And so we're going to jump right in like I like to do. And to start out, Katie, give our listeners and our viewers a little backstory about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm a nutritionist. And, you know, like most people, I think, in the healthcare industry, we all have a story. Um, you know, I grew up with a ton of GI issues. And so I experienced firsthand um, that I had to find answers beyond conventional medicine. And so there was a lot of digging and trial and error, bouncing from doctor to doctor. And so it really ignited this passion for moving into the nutrition and wellness space. And so, you know, I have been practicing nutrition for about seven years now and uh, started out with, you know, your basic book and, you know, at the library and uh, couldn't get enough, started with certifications and then eventually went on to get a master's degree in nutrition and functional medicine. And now what I love doing is I love working with folks and getting them excited about food, right? Because there's so much that food does for us. And food, I think, is the best drug to cure anything that there is in the world. Yes. And a little bit of wine. And a little bit of wine. <laughs> Sometimes a lot. <laughs> okay. So you started 360, uh, you started Thrive 365, Thrive Wellness 365. What's the main focus of your company and who's it for? So Thrive Wellness 365 came about um, first because thriving and wellness is something that we do every day, right? It's not something that we do post, you know, New Year's resolutions or the spring cleaning. It's something that we need to build into our every day um, so that we can feel good and we can do the things that we want to do. Um, and who I work with specifically is I work with women and I work with active women. It's active women who are in their teens. It's active women who are in their twenties. It's active women who are in their forties, fifties, and sixties. And so it's, it's everybody. But what I do differently, I think, is that I work with women working with their physiology. So if the, the, if the woman is a menstruating woman, we work with their menstrual cycle, map it out and look and see how their athletic performance um, is tied to their cycle and also see how can we fuel their performance throughout their cycle. And that's so important because in years past, I don't think it's so much these days, but in years past, that was a little taboo to even have a conversation about mm -hmm. uh, a woman's menstrual cycle and the effects it would have on her performance or her, how she felt mm -hmm. during, you know, that whole cycle of, uh, going through menstruation. Okay. So I've always thought as food as fuel for me. Mm -hmm. I really don't care if it tastes like diesel fuel. <laughs> if my body feels good eating it, I will eat it. So men and women are different. Yes. Let's talk about how men and women are different as far as how they intake food as fuel 
And what are some of the things you've found in your studies and in your experience with clients and folks that you've helped, the differences and the distinctions between what men need and women need? Mm -hmm. Okay, so first let's start, let's back up a step and say, when we look at nutritional recommendations, especially in sport or in active women, um, most of that, the recommendations are based off of research that has been done in men. So 95% of that research is done in a man and then extrapolated to a female. So last time I checked, I was not a small man, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we, we ladies and guys are wired differently in a lot of ways. Yeah. And our yeah. hormones, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they change the way our body is able to access certain nutrients throughout the time of the month. Um, and there are certain things that men can get away with that women can't. So when we look at a female and we look at their cycle, you know, there are two main phases of their cycle. There's the follicular phase in the beginning, and then there's the luteal phase, which is just before the menstruation. And so as we go through those different phases, there's ovulation, of course, in the middle, <laughs> or uh, day 14. As we go through menstruation, you know, when we're in that, say, luteal phase right before menstruation, our body actually can't access the carbohydrate that's stored in the muscle tissue. Right. So what does that mean for a female? It means we actually have to give her more carbohydrate if we want her to perform at a high level. So how many women are out there saying like right before their, their cycle starts or period starts, how fatigued they are. Yeah. Um, they, they're not getting the maximum um, effort out of their workout. And so we have to look at that and build that in. And I think this is important. I know you focus a lot on athletes, and I've spoken with Katie about the importance of maybe looking into the 50, 60, 70-year-old uh, female demographic. Um, it, that's good information to know, even if you're not a high-performing athlete, because mm -hmm. so many of the diets out there, and we'll talk about this in another um, uh, session that we do, so many of the diets out there have phased in and out of high carbs carbohydrates, no carbohydrates, lots of protein, no protein, lots of fat, no fat. It's been all over the map. And if a woman doesn't understand that cycle, as you explained it briefly there, you can cause yourself more harm than good. And you can unintentionally start to layer on fat that you're really wanting not to do and to get rid of mm -hmm. in some cases. And what I think is important to note here, and I think that you were alluding to, is social media is actually stronger than science yes. in how it impacts yeah. the everyday consumer. So we get our dietary information, most of our dietary information, not from the nutritionist, but from what's trending on Instagram right. or what's trending on Facebook. Right. And that's unfortunate because nutrition is personalized and should be personalized. Your diet is not gonna be the diet that I choose and it's not gonna be the diet that Kate chooses. So is there, um... Speaking of diets, is there, and I don't even like to call use the word diet, I like to use eating plan, but is there a specific eating pattern that you would recommend to folks? Now, I know it makes a difference if they're male or female, it makes a difference if they're a high performing athlete or not, it makes a difference if they're a woman who's menopausal. Do you have any guidelines or some tips for all those folks out there? <laughs> the loaded question, yes. that's like probably the number one question that I get is how should I be eating? And it's challenging, right? Because there is no single perfect diet. Um, you know, there are some general guidelines. You know, we eat more fruits and vegetables, mostly plants, incorporate some good proteins um, and healthy fats. 
But what I really like folks to do instead is let's start using a food journal. Let's start mapping out what it is that you're currently putting in your system and how it makes you feel. Because that's the best way that we're gonna be able to find what works for you. Now, there, there can be complications with that too. Are there, are, is the person symptomatic? Do they have GI distress? Do they have thyroid issues and you know, other endocrine issues? Um, and so then there might be some more uh, custom tailoring, tailoring that needs to be done that's uh, tied to the science. Um, but the best thing that they can do is start to track a food journal. And the other thing that I would say is what I see a lot of people doing is they get in their minds that they have to eat a certain way because this worked for so-and-so. Right. So right now the big craze is keto, keto diets, right. low carb, high fat diets. Well, newsflash, <laughs> here it comes, gang. doesn't really work well for women. Um, and that's a blanket statement. Right. There's unicorns everywhere. Some people have a lot of good success with it for a short period of time. Um, what I like to tell people is, you know, anytime we are restricting the diet, um, we are limiting nutrients, right? Whether that tends to be a keto diet, a vegan diet, you know, some of these paleo diets, we have to really make sure that we're eating that broad spectrum. But make sure, the point that I really wanted to drive home is, make sure that we are not allowing our own bias to get in the way of what's best for our body. Important point. Say that again. <laughs> yes. Make sure our bias is not getting in the way of what's best for your body. Because really, we're all our own chemistry experiment, mm -hmm. experiment right? Mm -hmm. Your makeup is different than mine. Even identical twins probably have some differences in how mm -hmm. they absorb food and can manage nutrition. So you mentioned this food diary. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna put in our post notes today the link to Katie's website. And we're also going to put the link to this download, which is, it's, is it three days? It's a three-day food journal. So talk to us about that. How does this work? Okay, so um, what I like folks to do is keep a food journal. It can be this download, it can be a notebook, it can be an app on your phone. The idea is that we wanna make sure that everything that is going into your mouth is being recorded. Now, that's one way to do it for a food journal. The way I kind of like to up-level that a little bit is now let's bring in, how does that food make you feel? Do you have, did it create any anxiety? Maybe you're having too much caffeine in the morning and it's making you shaky. Maybe you're having too much you know, sugar in the morning. It could be anything. Maybe you're having some GI upset every time you eat a hard cheese. But the only way you're really going to be able to make those connections is if you have a record of it. Because often what I see happening is people think they're carrying everything up here. And I'm, I'm guilty of that. I've totally done that. And I think, okay, well, maybe it was this that I ate, or maybe it was, you know, the spinach that I put in my yeah. omelet. You don't know. You don't know. So write it down. And I say the more information, the better. Right. So where I would start is, is I would record what it is that you're eating and how it makes you feel. And if you notice if there's any symptoms. And that could be GI, it could be brain fog, anything like that. The more information, the better. Feeling lethargic, having good high energy, yeah. everything you feel. Now, I think, because I've had folks do this before, three days isn't a very long time. I've had people do this for weeks on end. What I found when I asked people to do it, especially in a short period of time, is they would be really good for three days. Mm -hmm. So the real key to being successful in doing this self-evaluation is, 
don't don't eat anything special. Eat like you've been eating. Mm -hmm. Don't change anything just because you're keeping a journal for three days. Nobody has to see this except somebody that you trust with this information. So if you have four glasses of wine with dinner, write it down. Mm -hmm. If you're eating Snickers candy bars in between breakfast and lunch, write it down, right? Absolutely, because that's gonna give myself, your practitioner, whomever it is that is holding you accountable, a better snapshot of what it is that's going on, right? You know, um, one tool that I actually use with um, clients is there are some apps that folks can yeah, use as well, like Chronometer. Okay. There's my fitness pal, which is a big one, and one called Chronometer. What I love about Chronometer is I can send a code to the client. So Chronometer is a free app that you can download in the app stores, but I can send them a code, which allows me to see what it is that they're consuming. And I can actually write in feedback throughout the day. Okay, and we can, we, can, we can actually have a dialogue through this app, which is great. So it's sometimes folks are better off on their phone, their techies. Um, but to be honest, what I personally use, I actually use a little notebook. Okay. It's best for me. Simple, easy, right? It's right there with you. I, I, when I was keeping a food journal, when I was having other folks do this, I just had a little tiny notebook mm -hmm. and I carried it with me everywhere because then it was right there. Mm -hmm. It takes, it literally takes seconds to record what you're eating and you might feel something right away. That's important to record. You might feel more high energy and it's important to kind of record 30 minutes after you eat or you might get real lethargic, especially after lunch if you're eating heavy carbs or a lot of sugar, you get that drag. Write that all down because that's important information for someone like Katie who's going to help you get back on your feet and feel have this thriving, vibrant life. So we'll put this these um, apps in the post notes as well. And so Katie, briefly, and then we'll talk about this in another session in depth. After you get this information, you also do a fairly in-depth with your client's evaluation when mm -hmm. you first see them. Talk to us a little bit about the things that you look at, and then we can talk about it in more detail in another oh, absolutely. session. So, you know, my background in training is in uh, human nutrition and functional medicine. And so for those who don't know what the functional medicine model is, is functional medicine is root cause medicine. And so as a nutritionist and practicing within my nutrition guidelines, it's I want to know how does food interact with your physiology, right? And how is it, how is it contributing to any symptoms? How is it um, accelerating your performance? What is its impact on your system? And so with that information, then we can come up with a personalized plan. And so what I'll do is I'll actually meet with folks and we'll sit down usually for about an hour, hour and a half. It's very in-depth. We do a complete timeline looking for triggers and exposures through, you know, since the time you were a kiddo to where you are now. And then we map it out and we look to see where are the imbalances in the system. Because yes, I focus on working with athletes, but if I were to only focus on that faster marathon time, I am doing my clients a disservice right. because your health off the field impacts and influences your health on the field. Absolutely. You know, so we need yeah. to get those underlying imbalances in check. And I have one example that I'm, I'm fine to share. I've already asked this person. It happens to be a, a good friend of mine that Katie helped. This person was going through a lot of challenges, gut aches and all kinds of things. She went and did the, the testing with physicians and what's the endoscope when they go down? Endoscopy. Endoscopy. She had everything. And then 
she got a call one day in the right after her test and she said the doctor wants to talk to you right away and she was scared because that's usually not good news i need you in here right away and she called me and so i went with her to the visit and the, the good news was they didn't find anything it wasn't a cancer scare or anything like that no one was helping her no one and so finally she mentioned something to katie and katie went through this evaluation with her and you gave her a supplement of some sort and some suggestions. I think it was enzymes. Yeah. It was something, something as really simple, simple as enzymes. Yes. There was a lot of you know, excess bloating and stuff after eating and some other symptoms. And so we brought in some enzymes for a short period of time. And then eventually you pull those out. And we, the, the idea is to sometimes you provide support to allow um, the body to move through certain processes right. and then allow it to rebuild itself and then pull those out right and that's a perfect example and many of you might have faced some of the same things this person spent hours of time going to and from appointments hundreds if not thousands of dollars going through testing to see if she could figure out what her distress was in her system and it took a couple of hours with katie and some analysis on katie's part to really get to the bottom of the challenge which was that she needed these enzymes in her diet so it, it can be life-saving in some situations for you. It can certainly save a lot of time and energy and angst. We'll put Katie's website in the post notes like I mentioned earlier. We'll put the download for the food diary. And so Katie, to wrap things up today, in addition to the food diary, what can folks work on this week? Because we're gonna touch base with you once a week for the next four or five weeks and talk about more of the things that Katie does with her clients. What's something else they can do in addition to their food diary this week, just to help themselves from a nutritional standpoint? Um, I would pick one meal. One meal to focus on out of, let's see, seven times three to five, however many meals, snacks you're eating every day. Focus on one out of all of those and see if you can't really dial in or really think about how is this meal impacting me? I mean, go, go all out. If it's Monday morning breakfast, really think about that meal at breakfast. Think about what it is that you're putting into your system. Like, is that going to actually help you reach your goals? But also think, make sure you really key in. Did I feel satisfied? Am I full? Am I excessively full? Am I bloated? Um, do I feel great? Um, so just pick one meal and really focus on it. And I think that is probably, maybe not 50%, but probably pretty close, is our mindfulness and our awareness of how food impacts how we feel. Is important because I think in this day and age of drive-through and I want it now mm -hmm. we are so distracted and so wrapped up in so many other things in our lives that we're not paying close enough attention to how food impacts us and our health and well-being and so take this advice from this very knowledgeable very well-educated person who's had a lot of experience under her belt to be mindful, even if it's just for that one meal. It will be amazing what you will find out from that, I believe. Okay, so you guys go out there, make it a kick-ass day. We're gonna see you next week for our second session on nutrition and functional um, nutrition. Yes. And if you have any questions after watching this, put them in the comments below and Katie will get back in touch with you because we really are here because we're interested in your health and wellness and how nutrition is affecting your body and your happiness. And we'll get an answer for you. And until we see you again, take good care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.